there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded Psalm of Asaph, the Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth, from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, he does not keep silence, before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above, and to the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him and you keep company with adulterers. You keep your mouth free reign for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have been silent. You thought that I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this, then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Psalm 50 in the ESV. Well, hello and welcome to show number five zero. Insert Yay. applause here. Yay. 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 Welcome also uh, to our very special guest, uh, second round of uh, having him on the show here, uh, Mr. Jim. Um, Hi. I, I forgot, are we supposed to use your real name or do you kind of like to be incognito a little bit? You can't use my real name. The, the company I work for is pretty woke and they will hunt me down. And hey, mine too. On Twitter. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, James. So I'm invisible. Uh, we'll just call you James. James. James, James the Younger. James Biggs. Yeah, It'll yeah, be great. That'll, that'll work. And yeah, thanks guys for uh, paying me what I uh, demanded this time. 
Um, yeah. It, yeah. Was, uh, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of contentious thing the first time around, and I got over yeah. it, but not really. So thank yeah. you for, for paying me what I'm worth. <laughs> Our yeah. lawyer quit over that uh, yeah, negotiation. I, I, I want you to yeah. know. And I'm not sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you do still owe him for the suit. <laughs> he could pursue me to his wildest desire, and I will not. <laughs> Boy, the show has just gone off to a great start so far. Yeah. Yes, it is. Are you sure you wanted me on? I don't know. Oh, yeah, we are. I, I, I mean, I'm very excited to have you here. Uh, in case you don't know, uh, JB is uh, also the initials for my brother um, hmm. and also my son. Uh, so we'll just call you JB. And um, is, uh, is from another very famous show called The Lightest Form of Flogging, which That's right. I think I, I, I've been like, I'm, I have to listen with my kids, right? Because they're such big fans of the show. Good. And we're stuck with 20 minutes to go in the in in the latest yeah. episode, and so uh, I, I'm glad that you haven't released another episode yet because it's it's stretching it out a little bit uh, right, until yeah. the very final final episode 150. So we certainly are. We we decided to end the show about three years ago, and we had <laughs> to actually start recording the final episodes. So when we <laughs> we're really slow rolling the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right that's all right um we sure do enjoy you all and uh it's a real treat to have you on tonight thank so, you guys. Happy to be um here. yeah yeah great to have you and uh we got a little bit of follow-up yes okay. what did brian yes. do what did he do so what did brian so, do? so i messed up and i apologize the end let's just move on no um our yeah. in our last oh, episode in our, in our last episode which was uh, me and uh, Jesse from Poor Bishop Hooper. Uh, I got really, really into what we were talking about right close to the end, right at the 59 minute mark. And I and I let slip a bad word. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that it was a bad word so much as how I used it. That wasn't very great. Uh, so let me, uh, let me explain what I meant because I, I think that the context makes sense. Uh, but I shouldn't have said what I said. Uh, what I said was that Jesus was an illegitimate child, which was is not true. And I don't believe that Jesus was an illegitimate child. He was the most legitimate of all children. And uh, what I meant by it was, uh, I believe that there are probably people who believed he was an illegitimate child since Mary was pregnant before she got married to Joseph. And I do believe that that is part of uh, Jesus' great condescension, that when he came to earth, he was in the lowest of lowest states. And part of that was that the world would believe that he was illegitimate. That is what I meant by my comment. However, if you haven't listened to that episode, I removed the line. So uh, you don't have to hear it and be offended by it. And you can just listen and enjoy so I do apologize for those that I offended um, because some reached out to me and said, I am offended. So I do apologize to you and, uh, and I will try to guard my words more carefully. I am passionate about the truth. I don't like to spread lies or misinformation. And it is, uh, it's very important to me and I, and I do regret having said it. So I, I will be, I will have to, uh, account for every careless word that I say. So I'd rather account for that now than at the, at the throne in the future. So, 
So I, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Yeah. Um, and we've updated that show. Uh, in fact, I've already uploaded it. So um, it should be the corrected version now. And um, yeah. All right. Uh, any other follow-up follow up from last show? I'm, um, But uh, I, I do have some follow-up as well. Okay. And that is um, what are we listening to? And yes. what we're listening to. <laughs> 101 times over the past 30 days is poor Bishop Hooper, who mm-hmm. are our close personal friends, of course. And uh, if you don't know, they just dropped Psalm 119. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to them mm-hmm. when they were on, we, they were in the 20s, I think, when we first talked to them, right? I think we were further along in the 20s. Um, oh, were they? But they, I think they might have been in the it 40s. Was, Okay, well, the 40s. But now they've made it all the way, uh, releasing a psalm a week um, and are all the way up to 119, where they released a full album because it's such a long chapter. uh, And they dedicated uh, one song in the album, uh, or each song in the album to a different letter of the uh, Hebrew alphabet, which um, in Psalm 119, it's an acrostic poem. And so each stanza of eight verses is denoted by a Hebrew character. Um, anyway, so, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I yeah. liked several of the songs on there and, uh, listened to them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What have you all been listening to lately? What have I been listening to? I, well, here, I was actually looking at my Spotify, um, to, to answer this question. And so I have determined, I have determined that most of the songs that I have been listening to, that I have been into lately, would make David probably attempt homicide on me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so oh, no. David, my podcasting partner, everybody, he's a, he's a Presbyterian and uh, very judgmental, and uh, uh, he doesn't give me any grace whatsoever. And if I told him the music <laughs> that I was listening to, he was, I know, it just, you guys, you crazy guys. Uh, but you know what? Um, I have been really Spotify-ish. Or I'm very, I'm really Spotified, Spotified-eyed when I listen to my music. I don't really listen to music like I used to, like full albums or you know, pull out the old Pearl Jam cassette, put it in the, the tape player and listen to the whole thing. I don't do that anymore. I'm very much just listening to one-offs from bands, and I don't think I like that. I mean, I was just looking at, uh, at kind of like my Spotify list here, and I'm just, I have Zach Brown Band, I have Jars of Clay, I have um, um, some some uh what is it here some newsboys some casting crowns some matt marr um uh peter gabriel um and a hillsong song oh my goodness i'm listening to hillsong what are you gonna do about it huh david is really gonna be angry he's gonna be I'm angry. telling him and right I'm, now <laughs> and i'm sorry about that I'm, I'm really sorry about that. But it's just, uh, you know, um, it's just kind of like one-offs. But uh, I don't know. I don't think it, that's too indulgent, it seems to me, that I just get to pick and choose the songs instead of listening to uh, through an entire album the way that, you know, the artist intended. And this is a great show to talk about something like that, but that's mm-hmm. just a side comment I wanted to make. But it's just, you know, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like this question. It's too, I'm exposing David, myself. <laughs> I want you to know that I've been listening to Crown and Covenant. So. Ooh, ooh. Start yeah, to real. Nothing pure, pure psalm, right into my veins. <laughs> and you, can, I'm, I'm going to admit something here. You guys know the song. Um, it's from Zach Williams, 
It's called There Was Jesus. And he mm-hmm. sings this song Dolly um, with a, Dolly with a, Parton. with a, I was, you guys just rude. I was just gonna say oh, a real sorry. minor celebrity. She's, you know, she had it big, <laughs> she had it big in the seventies and just kind of <laughs> fell off the radar. Dolly Parton. So <laughs> I, I love that song. It is, it's a good I mean, song. just it's, it's, sonically, it's, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah. Zach's voice and Dolly's voice m- marry perfectly. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just can't get enough of that song. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, yeah. so have so, you been so to you, Dollywood? I've never been to Dollywood. Uh, oh, man. But, uh, but if I ever it's go. It's been years for me. Okay. Oh, it's been years? You actually did yeah. go. Is oh, it, yeah, is I have it, been... is it an amusement park or something? Or is it just a it place is. where yeah. you go and you yeah. see Dolly and you just kind of wave at her and she just kind of waves <laughs> back at you and you, and you turn around it's and leave? Forest. I don't know. It's in a forest. forest. Dolly Parton's sitting in a forest. It's a Dollywood. I do remember it being quite tree heavy. My sister actually worked there for a summer. Uh, okay. So uh, she was she was out there for a little bit. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, there, so there, Jim, there's my segment. <laughs> so you, you knew, you, you know that I was once almost in Zach Williams' praise band. I did not know this. How did, yeah. wow, that's pretty cool. Is, are you guys yeah, geographically I, located in a... We were. Uh, okay. So he was the, one of the music ministers at my parents' church. And whenever I moved from oh. Georgia back, back home, I was almost in his praise band. And then I got placed into a different praise band. And then he moved to Nashville and got famous and won a Grammy. And you're really bitter like, about it. I'm sorry. I'm really? Sorry super bitter? No. He's actually a really yeah. cool guy. Um, I have yeah, a lot of really, I, really good I, things I, to say about him. Well, I am um, sad to hear that because you could have had the Dolly Parton part. It could have been me. Uh, instead of, yeah, instead it could have been Dolly, you on the radio singing the high part, the soprano part. Yes. I, I, I'm sorry about that. I'm, you must feel no, really bad fine. about that. I do. Okay. <laughs> it's fine, terrible. I guess. Whatever. Um, so, um, what I've been listening to lately, I have been... Uh, so there's this band called Providence that I stumbled upon a while ago, just looking for random hymns. As uh, actually, I was looking for a good version of How Firm a Foundation, and they have a really good one. And so I like clicked follow on them on Spotify, and they just started dumping out a bunch of music recently. I think they're they're gearing up to release like a full album, and they're just releasing one track at a time, type deal, and. Their stuff is really, really good. I've been really enjoying this. Uh, they have a song called O Creative One, which is one of the best hmm. songs written about the Holy Spirit that I've heard in a Creative. very, very long time. Um, Interesting. Just from a biblical standpoint, it's to the Holy Spirit, and it is just, it's like, it's. I think it starts off saying, Spirit of God, uh, please move in our lives to help us uh, honor Christ. I mean, it's, it's something along those lines. That's not that's not the the line, but it's uh, it's you know, Holy Spirit, move in us so that we can glorify Christ more. And it's like, wow, that is not what you hear most often. Um, well, speaking of what you don't hear, the title alone is is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't hear the word creative in many song titles, um, so that's that's yeah. interesting at the get go. Uh, they have they do God be merciful to me, but it's uh, their own tune to it. And they did a really good job. I like it better than the uh, indelible grace uh, tune. Um, Maybe it's like, it's a, it's a unique arrangement. Maybe Brian unique arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. They wrote a tune for it. Cool. Um, they do have uh, 
Hallelujah, What a Savior, and When I Survey the Wondrous Cross that are more traditional tunes. Uh, they just put out a Were You There When I Crucified, uh, Were You There When They Crucified the Lord. And uh, the uh, the chord structure on that song is really, really, really interesting. It's the traditional tune, but it's got these eerie chords in it that really give it this uneasy feeling to it, which is just beautiful. Um so when you say it's the best song about the Holy Spirit, do you mean other than Psalm 104? Or I mean, uh, 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 sorry, I had to be the guy. David, David's not here. I got to make insertion. it proud. Yeah, <laughs> I have 150 yeah. worship songs, and Hillsong ain't one is the yeah. thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have. Yeah. Uh, I should have better quoted that. I, you know, I, uh, sorry, I just put it on in, in the back, um, in the background for me here. Um, yeah, go check out this band called Providence, uh, how firm a foundation. It's kind of a nice, they don't, they're not adding in like a little, uh, you, you know, Chris Tomlin, you know, riff after the chorus and they're just like going with it. They're just singing yeah. the song, uh, which is great. Are you guys getting tired as tired of Chris Tomlin as I am? I mean, I not to get off the yeah. I don't, I I don't have to do follow up next mention. week. Okay, good, because I'm just going to lay it all out. I I have trouble with him. I don't know what it is. He was cool in the 2000s. I think for much of the decade of that decade, and then maybe a little bit after. But the songs he's he's still coming out with stuff on the radio. Like Christian Radio is playing still a lot of his stuff, and not his old stuff, but like new stuff. And I just, I don't know, it feels like he's just kind of become a caricature of yeah. himself. And it feels like like he's just like one of the, you know, like sometime in the past, he realized I'm Chris Tomlin and I don't really have <laughs> to like do anything new or try hard because I'm Chris Tomlin. So he, and he I'm writes Chris his Tomlin. albums thusly. And I don't know, I just can't get excited about his stuff anymore. It's all this stuff that you guys are talking about that, that, I'm, that I'm interested in. But here I am listening uh, to Dolly Parton, you know, so. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Chris Tomlin is not interesting anymore, but I like listening to Dolly Parton, you know, it's, she's really great. Yeah. If you, uh, if you get a chance, go back and listen to our episode number 30. Uh, we do a song versus song where we, we, we um, do a review of Chris Tomlin's Waterfall. And that's pretty much all that you need to know uh, of oh, our yeah. perspective of Chris Tomlin. So we do not give him a very, a, a very glowing review. It's more I don't way. mean to be snippy it's about it. I want him review. to put out good music. Yeah, yeah. I want everyone to put out good music. Yeah, but. yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so, any, anybody else uh, listening to any good stuff lately? There was one more band I wanted to mention because I hadn't heard um, them for a while. Like mm-hmm. I knew who they are, but I did, wasn't really sure who it was. But uh, the name is called 20 Schemes Music. And have you ever heard of the ministry 20 Schemes or anything like that? They're out in Scotland. And uh, oh, what's the guy's name with 20 Schemes? Um, but anyway, the schemes are like the projects. Uh, that's what their term for okay. for it is. And so, a real, you know, not a not a real wealthy area, uh, like uh, you know, some churches like to plant and like 
get a you know five hundred thousand dollars in the bank so they can hire a full worship band and and uh, worship leaders and people like that uh, before they get started and others just like go and start a church but um that is a ministry of um yeah I, I do not remember the guy's name but anyway he's an interesting guy he's very intense and uh but i believe that um their praise bands have put together some sort of a musical uh, group and they're releasing albums and i i don't know i thought they were pretty good go check them out see what you think um psalm 77 is one that i called out specifically that i liked um it's a take on that but uh anyway go check them out yeah and then I guess one final thing that I've been listening to. Uh, so Spotify sometime last year started doing these things called blends. Might've been like yes. early, early this year where you could partner up with some, with another user and it would try to find music that you and this other user, I love those. Uh, hmm. you know, have in common. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, they bumped it up from just two people to up to 10 people in a, in a given blend. And so, uh, so we actually have a blend that's it's a it's me, Grant, Justin, Spencer, and uh, an F and H, and uh, it's got it's been fun. That's because everyone has their own unique little thing. Uh, there's a lot of EDM in there, um, but it's 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 been it's been fun. Uh, been listening to a lot of that. So getting exposed to different music that I'm not used to. Yeah, for sure. That has been a lot of fun. I apologize for the national anthem played by <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix at uh, at uh, at uh, Woodstock there, but um, th- there there is a story behind that. That's what we use to wake up our kids in the morning. Uh, if you're oh, familiar beautiful. at all with uh, the movie Cars, uh, Sar or uh, yes, they they you know there's this constant battle between. Oh, one of the cars in, in the sergeant character, and he's playing like Jimi Hendrix. And yeah, that's my right. son the says hippie, it's the worst piece of music ever done. Yeah, the, the hippie, hippie car, bus. right? Yeah, the hippie bus. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's why that one's in there. Um, I haven't played it for a while, so maybe it'll fall out of the playlist. But uh, yeah. I do apologize. Yep, I forgive you. <laughs> Thanks. If you, you want to be our friends, you can find us on. Slack or not the B um, pretty much anything except for Twitter or Facebook, because we don't yeah. do those platforms. First of all, it takes way too much work. Second of all, they hate us. Third of all, it's just a lot more cool to be around people that you actually yeah. like to be around. So um, you can be our friend by writing us at there is at balmcast.com mm-hmm. and we will get you connected to our Slack channel, or you can join not the B and join our channel over there. So. And if you and if you are not wanting to pay not the B, first of all, don't tell Dan, but uh, send us an email. We'll, we'll get you. We'll, we'll get you an invite. So uh, so you can go completely and check it legal. Out. This is not completely legal. Uh, you can tell it's, Dan. It's okay. Yeah, you, you can tell Dan. But if you like it, then you can pay Dan if you want to because he appreciates yeah. it. Dan being Dan Dillon, the brother of Seth Dillon, who owns Babylon B. Oh. We love you, Dan. Um, right here. If he doesn't pay us, we pay him. So there's that. Um, <laughs> that's why he loves you. That's why he loves <laughs> us. Um, 
Yeah. So we do technically have an Instagram, but I don't think anyone's logged into it and probably. Uh, I got off Instagram a long time ago. It fell, by the way. Did you know that? Third, uh, from from its top spot to all the way to like number three or something behind Snapchat and um, TikTok. So it's a failing platform, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. So 18 to 24 year olds rule the world. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, Anyway, sorry. Speaking, speaking of, of 18 year olds, yeah. uh, 18 year olds were probably not alive when this album came out that we're about to review. Probably not. I was not quite 18. Uh, no, no, no. This is 95. It came out. I was, I was not yeah. close to 18 yet. I was yeah. close to 18. But not Most 18 to 24 year olds were not alive. And if they were, they weren't listening to music. So this is a throwback episode. Throwback. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, speaking of throwback, yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody, so um, when uh, when the guys and I were talking about what we were going to do for this episode, I think Brian mentioned that we'd like, to, we'd like to review an album, and I would get to pick. And honestly, guys, it took me about two seconds mm-hmm. to think about this. This album, I'm not sure why either. I mean, there's a lot of good albums we could talk about, but this one came to mind within two or three seconds. I absolutely thought this would be a great idea for us to talk about. And that album is Jars of Clay, Jars of Clay's first album. I think it's just self-titled, Jars of Clay. I think that's what the album is called. Um, Their first album. And, uh, I mean, it's a pretty, I guess you could say, I mean, uh, there's probably a lot of opinions about Jars of Clay now. But -hmm. certainly at the time when this album was released, and for quite a while after that, and in my opinion, still should be, one of the more important, and uh, good Christian albums out there. I say Christian album in quotes, because I'm sure the band would have a problem with that album being characterized as a Christian album, but you can't deny its impact um, for Christians, at least at yeah. the time. Um, and, th- and, and of course, that being said, this, this was a huge crossover album. Yeah. But, um, but, but I thought of this album, um, it was released in 95, but I did not discover it until... Uh, 2001, when I became a Christian, my, a friend of mine who brought me to or helped facilitate was there when I converted, however you want to describe it, just a friend of mine who, who helped lead me to the Lord, um, said, Jim, you got to listen to this album. It's really, really great. And he hand me, handed me a CD of Jars of Clay, this album from this band. And I thought, okay, this, this, looks, this looks cool. I noticed on the back there was a song towards the end called Flood. And I said, Flood, I think that's, wasn't that on the radio? And he's like, yeah, they had a huge, huge major national hit called Flood. And I love that song. And that was a huge song. I mean, I don't think people really, I don't know, there's, I don't know what your, how your audience skews in terms of age. <laughs> I'm sure you guys appeal to the youngsters. I mean, just teenagers <laughs> on TikTok, Snapchat. They're flocking. flocking they're just flocking to, to the show. Um, but at the time, way back when, this is when I was in high school, that song was on the radio and it was, it was huge. And that album guys has sold 3 million copies. I think in, if you're talking about Christian music or artists who have played music in the Christian sphere, I guess we'll say heavily qualifying this three million's pretty darn good. Three million is yeah. good. If you're a secular three, just let's just say it this way. If you sell 3 million albums, you're in a good spot. <laughs> let's just especially let's yes, just put it that album. way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially your first album. Um, and I I ate this thing up. 
I loved this 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 album when I first, I listened to it quite a bit. Really dug in, and and it kind of prompted this musical odyssey. I just started, you know, buying up. I bought up a couple more albums that were released up until that time, and ever yeah. since then, I have pretty much bought sight unseen. We all have these bands that we do this for. Mm-hmm. I just bought sight unseen the album ever, and even up until their most recent release. Really? Um, yeah, and Man, it go. didn't take long for Jars of Clay to become my favorite band, and they still are my favorite That's band, awesome. despite all of the all of the stuff. And we maybe we'll talk about it, maybe we won't. But uh, over time, some friction emerged between the band and the Christian community, um, Christian music community, or just Christians in general, or Christianity in general. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, and, and maybe we'll we'll save that for another day. But uh, but this album is a is a pretty good one. So um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and talk about this album track by track, um, and just kind of go through our go through our comments about it. So yeah, those are my general comments, guys. Do you have any any general thoughts or your experience with this? Do you, do you agree that this album is as important as I'm claiming it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, that's okay too. I will defend my I will defend my claims to the death. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, Flood was the very first song I ever learned how to play on the guitar. Hey, and see? Uh, yeah, yeah, a and, cool song uh, on guitar too. It is, and uh, and it was, and so that was very influential song for me uh, as well. Uh, I am a little bit behind you. I'm, I'm the youngest here tonight, uh, which is which is weird to think because I spend most of my time with middle schoolers, but. Um, and which is not weird. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher guys. A teacher. <laughs> you are, you teach, you've taught me so many things. I also teach middle schoolers math. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I was very young when this album came out. Um, uh, and yeah. I did not really start to, uh, it, it might've been around 2001, 2000, whenever I really started getting into it because of youth group. So when I got into youth group, uh, my youth minister was, was very into this uh, band. It was his favorite band. And, uh, and like, like you, I purchased every one of these albums sight unseen, um, up until I, I, I got inlandia or in inland. I think inlandia was, uh, yeah. I think, they, I think they have an album called Inlandia, which is, I think, like a remix or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a yeah, remix collection a remix. of Inland. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I listened to Inland, and I did not like it. Like, it starts off with This Land is Your Land, I think. And I was just really, really weirded out. Did not enjoy the album at all. And then I never looked into whether or not they ever put out any other CDs after that. And that's it's been several years since they that haven't. came out. And, uh, that was their last. I think that was their last full-length studio album of original yeah. material. I'm sure they have. They actually. Now that I say they this, they have a new single. They put out a single last January, and it's pretty dumb. So don't even worry about it. But um, I actually liked Inland. I really did. Um, this, even though it was probably the album of an album of theirs where they were most comfortable with, like no longer. In fact, swearing off the Christian community. This might have been after the singer 
uh, Dan, uh, this is my favorite band. I'm not even sure how to pronounce Hazeltine? his last name. Hazeltine, Hazeltine, Hazeltine. Yeah. That's how um, where he kind of yeah. made his comments and made everybody mad. The album before Inland is one I can't stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shelter. It's called Long Fall. Uh, the Shelter. Oh, the, no, oh, sorry. The long, yeah, the Long Fall. That. Yeah, Long Shelter long was, fall was really bizarre. It was weird. They actually wrote it to be or uh, inspired from 80s music. I'm sorry. I'm getting yeah. this off track. I'm just getting excited. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so no, Good didn't. Monsters is was very like rockabilly, and then Longfall was really popabilly, which did not work yeah. at all. But The yeah. Shelter, which came out after that, is one of my favorite albums of theirs. Um, but it's it doesn't really feel like a Jars of Clay album. No, it's a lot of collaboration songs, right? They had a bunch of yeah, there's people a lot of sing on them, and it's wasn't really jars of clay-ish to me but yeah good monsters was their last good album then yeah i can i can see that although uh, you know they had some pretty decent christmas songs in there too um and winter themed songs as well yeah Um, i did not i did not get their christmas albums i don't buy christmas albums I, well, I I stopped buying albums after Good Monsters, um, and honestly, I never did buy Redemption Songs, Who We Are Instead, Furthermore, or The Eleventh Hour. Although I did go to the Eleventh Hour concert because I worked it. Um, they were they came to our school, um, but we got to see I, I want to say most of it. Um, well, they were one of the, the nicer bands. Audio by. Adrenaline. It does. Anyway, yeah, uh, Jars of Clay. This particular album was a pretty special one for me because it was the first Christian album that we ever bought. Um, that's oh, actually nice. maybe, maybe number two actually, because uh, we also got um, newsboys going public right about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin uh, had requested it, you know, in the family name swap for Christmas gifts. And so we got him the cassette tape of uh, going public, which he wanted. And I don't know, we were kind of interested. So we, we ended up, we, we got a five disc changer around that time. So we got two new CDs. <laughs> it was going public and yeah. And this one jars of clay. Cool. And my dad, I remember he was, he, he, my dad was a pastor uh, at the time he's retired now. And I remember him coming home uh, and he was like, not sure about this, even though we bought him, you know, at the Christian bookstore and he sat down on the couch and I remember him just listening really intently and then he, he was like, all right, you kids can listen to this. And um, <laughs> there you go. That was it. You know, that was, that was our ticket. And uh, we had been, we, you know, we listened ever since. And uh, yeah, I was, I haven't actually picked up Jars of Clay until, you know, getting ready for this episode um, in quite a while, which I'm, yeah. it was fun to go back because mm. uh, those, the first three albums in my mind were just so, so important. Like we would, we waited like, you know, we were very excited for the album release days and everything like that. I remember yeah. when the, um, I think it was much afraid was coming out. Yeah, it was, uh, my dad even like wrote a postcard to us from jars of clay and like <laughs> did it in teenager like handwriting. I remember being like, you were all in really? Grant. You were all in. <laughs> This oh my great. goodness, I was so bought in. Yeah. My brother and I, you know, that was, yeah, that was, that was awesome. It was Jars of Clay and Newsboys were our two favorite bands. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, hey, I could make an argument that they're both my favorite bands to this day, but. 
That's cool. That's awesome. Um, I love remin- I love hearing the these stories from you guys because it just makes my excitement for this music pretty strong. But also, it just it just brings me back. <laughs> so I'm mm. just having all these memories flood. Um, yes, uh, into my brain because from like because I, when I got into this, I, I know you're right. I dropped flood. I got it. You know, no, I love it. Yeah, I'm somewhat Man, of a, such like a, a child. I'm just sinking. Yeah, it, like yeah, sinking. Yeah, the my brain is liquid at this point. No, um, so but this this is great because I'm now thinking of you know the first Christian album I got into was a DC Talk album, and then this, and then I got into Newsboy. So it's just like I'm like mm-hmm. hitting all the and like you know oh, yeah. I discovered this guy named Chris Tomlin, and the song Indescribable came out, and it's it was just so much fun. Christian music was so cool in that decade to the point where I like listening to new stuff and I'm always going to listen to new stuff. But if I had my choice, most of the stuff I would listen to Christian music would be in this decade and be around those bands. Yes. Um, I agree. uh, Absolutely. But yeah, I know. So we're talking about this album, but maybe we should, we should start going through it and putting some meat kind of to this discussion. Um, Yeah. One comment before we jump into the songs. Um, I remember, so Third Day. You guys know Third Day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Kind of, yeah. Not as famous as Dolly Parton, but uh, but kind of up there. <laughs> but just as country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I like Third Day, um, but I've never really thought of them as interesting apart from their lead singer, and I've never mm. really thought they were lyrically strong. Yeah. That being said, they they put out good songs that have good meaning in them. But um, Mac Powell, the lead yeah. singer of Third Day, has said that Jars of Clay is um, one of the better bands lyrically on this scene. He said, mm-hmm. he made some really positive comments. This was a long time ago. I read it. can't exactly remember where I read it. But he had high praise for Jars of, Clay's, Jars of Clay's, um lyrical ability. And this album, if if you really had only one, lyrically, this album is pretty strong. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that as a guy who, when I was really into music, when it really started to become important to me, I'd have to say I listened to a lot more melody and tone and pitch and instrument, um, instrument ability and arranging. I was more into that stuff. I never really, di- you know, dug in deep songs lyrically at the time. I never really did. I did sometimes. Um, and I kind of wish I did. When we were, when I was going through this album, going through the lyrics, I like discovered stuff that I never really noticed before. <laughs> and I wish I, I wish that wasn't the case. Um, but, but what I do know of this album is that lyrically, there's not a lot of Christian bands or bands that put out music that is listened to by Christians. I keep qualifying <laughs> this. I can't not do it. I, I, I'm going to have to stop doing it. Sorry, um, this you, is some you, can, pretty, you can use our, some... our type system if you want to. Oh, okay. Or type type one no is worship music. Is. <laughs> type one oh. is worship music. Type type two is for Christians by Christians, and type three is. I tried getting music. into that. You guys are way over my head. You, you're just <laughs> you're in a league above, and I am just on the bottom trying to I, i'd say brian is in the in the league above yeah i'm just trying to I'm, keep yeah, man. up you guys <laughs> i'm in the league by myself. up there when it comes to a analysis of these songs that was um, that was a different movie yeah. so the the first song is liquid 
this, the, the, the song title is Liquid. And lyrically speaking, this, I think, sets the tone for this entire album. I've always mm. thought this album was quite introspective and almost uh, not, not dark. There are some positive songs on this album. But there, these songs ask pretty serious questions, and he goes. It's usually about um, Christ's sacrifice for us, and almost yeah. there is a theme of unworthiness all over this album, and it's in multiple songs. Like I, I heard it when I when I went through all these songs. I heard it in probably about half of them. There's a lot of mm-hmm. feelings of unworthiness on the part of the writer of this song. Um. And he, it's every every time I think about this album, I usually think about this song and um, lyrical lines such as um, "He wasn't broken for nothing, he didn't die for nothing," and but at juxtaposition to that, he's saying he's asking a lot of questions. He's asking to Christ, I believe, "Are you telling me something? Are you looking for someone?" Are you dying for nothing? Um, and then he answers it kind of in the latter half of the song. But this is like a pretty interesting way to write a Christian song. I've always felt that these guys were pretty honest. Like these are not worship songs, right? We can all agree there. Correct. These are not worship yeah. songs. And they have said they have never been that interested in displaying their faith in their songs, meaning to evangelize or to serve a worship purpose. They're just pretty intensely personal. And this is just yeah. a great way to start. I mean, it's pretty strong stuff. It's crucifixion stuff. And this guy is saying, is it worth it? Should I even be should, should I even be worthy of having this conversation with Christ right now? And he ultimately, he says he is. But this unworthiness theme is really interesting to me. And I will say one more thing. I discovered the other day that this song, sorry, this album heavily uses drum loop tracks. Drums are looped in this song. I never realized that, but you can hear it in Liquid and a lot of other songs too. They don't really use a real drummer um, for a lot of these songs. In some of them, you can hear that they do. But this, this, this song is in a drum loop. It's very simple, simple instrumentation on this. It's pretty crazy. little word vomit yeah, there, I'll, but I'm going to have you guys talk about this <laughs> song too. I, I like how like um, track one, this is Jars of Clay's first track so first track first album and that always interests me i I talked about that in our last episode but it begins with these violins uh, a couple different violins going going on and then uh kind of builds and then they the first word on the album is yeah held out pretty long Uh, (laughs) that's right before before going into this like gregorian chant that's not in english and with given no translation and then it gets into the the arms nailed down are you telling me something um and so i've always been interested i've always been interested in that and that and those choices i I like them like it really sets the tone it's it does there is kind of it's not minor undertones but it's a it is very meditative and it's very intriguing um and I think part of that goes hand in hand with the fact that this, the, the track is called Liquid, and I have never understood why. Me either. Um, I haven't either. I was looking to find out if anybody had decoded that. Um, I, I, I'm curious about that too. 
Um, you know, I don't know if they liquid. I resisted looking at decoding stuff. I was tempted to. I wanted to try yeah. and figure this thing out. And it's been an interesting process. I have some questions on some of these songs. But this song, the chorus line, he's saying this mm. is there is this is the one thing, the one thing, the one thing that I know. I never was really quite sure what that one thing was. And then I went through this yeah. song. And I think I figured it out. It's the line, he didn't die for nothing. That's the one thing that he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I still don't get the connection to liquid. Maybe blood? I don't know. He says flesh Maybe. and blood. Is it so elemental? Yeah. Um, and tying in kind of like w- water as an element, um, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. It's yeah. postulating. I, I'm I'm wondering if if it's more of a, um, you know, the next song is called Sinking, and then the the major hit on the album is called Flood. And I'm wondering if he was just trying it's to lot of... do like a wordplay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've never understood why the song was called Liquid. I remember spending a lot of time as a kid album. wondering, and then never really following up on it. Back yeah, before the I internet. Mean, how how deep I, do we go I, when we're kids? We just you know, it's a cool song. How so. deep do we go? How, how deep? How, how, do, I, how deep do we sink? How, yeah, in liquid, like a flood. <laughs> Speaking of sinking, let's go to the next track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to say one thing about the instrumentation and uh, tying yeah. in something that Jim, you said earlier was that this was probably the most interesting decade in Christian music. And I, I have to agree because everything was still very all over the place. I mean, Christian music was not a genre in it. I mean, it was in the record store because you'd go in there to the Christian yeah. section, but it was all very, very widely crazy different and so you have like violins and stuff like that and then you add more like rock band type newsboys and honestly i think newsboys were better lyric writers but that's just because i like the fun poppy type uh hilarious lyrics but you can't forget the oc supertones (gasps) oh oh this is this is we're down we're down memory lane today this is (laughs) crazy (laughs) this is great yeah oh my goodness yeah anyway well all that was in the 90s. I mean, that was the craziest and most fun decade for Christian music. And then it got all grown up and then it turned into praise music because that's the only praise and worship music because that's the only thing that sells, apparently. Yeah. It became a um, sub-genre in and of that. itself. Well, a genre in and of itself. And then it, it became yeah. like the expectation for bands to put out right. worship albums. Yeah. yeah. Completely yeah. contrasted. Yeah. They, well, you know, well, I, I kind of like theirs, but... um. Yeah, well, um, and, and I, Jars of Clay did it, but I, I really right. liked their approach. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it be, kind of became something obligatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and this era of music was right before that, I think. Right yeah, before was, the worship album right became before. obligatory. And, you know, Liquid, the first song you hear out of these guys, you know, you hear violins, Gregorian chants, like Brian said. And uh, and it's just wild. So this it was a great time to be a fan of Christian music. It was great. It was. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember, though, my English teacher saying, oh, all these bands just use drum loops and everything like that. And I do. Uh, I don't remember what I said. His, his favorite person, the only Christian artist that he liked was, um, oh, she left the faith a while ago. But um, 
uh, what was her name? Anyway, she Jennifer was like a singer songwriter type. Jennifer Knapp. That's it. She did. <laughs> his, oh, jeez. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. She she uh, well, she left the faith for a funny. woman. Yeah. Awkward. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I went to a Newsboys concert and there were like this rotating drum platform and there were two people playing drums and it was pretty amazing. I don't know where you're coming from, bro. Anyway, it was awesome. Sinking. Um, This (laughs) is time to move on, I think, to our next song um, on the album. And uh, it's not my problem anymore. You never said it really was. Um, What did you all find interesting about this one i mean it, it fit really nicely one. with the one before it it was so, he he was uh the other he's still asking the questions but i think he's more confident with his answers on this it's almost like a tongue-in-cheek this was a song that i liked before but never really like dug in deep and understood it until i i recently looked looked at this and he's asking the questions you know, uh, one of those questions is, and you should offer me eternity. Why should I buy that? So he's being kind of snarky rather than kind of broken in liquid. But he answers, you know, you can see right through me. Um, and this, so it's, it was like a more confident, happy tone in this song. Like if you were worried about Dan Hasseltine in the previous song, even though he answered the question, he's a little bit more confident in this one. He's not so that unworthiness vibe kind of goes away here. So I, I liked that observation about the song. Um, so back in uh, memory lane, instrumentally, there's this really weird like crickets thing going on at the beginning of the song. Like the instruments start up and then like there's like this crickets thing going on. And I would listen to to music when I would be falling asleep at night and I hated it. And I always skip this track because I hated the the crickets thing. Oh, I have a story for the hidden track. When we get to it, I fell asleep to it and then woke up listening to the violinist talking. It freaked me out. We'll get to it. (laughs) We'll get to it. Um, I forgot about the crickets, Brian. Yeah. There's a, like, I know exactly the feeling you're talking about right now, Jim. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. too, my brother and I would fall asleep to CDs or whatever, and this is one of them for sure. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a line in the in the pre-chorus that I really like. It's uh, this is you can see I you see that I can play a pretty convincing role, so I don't need you. I don't think I need you. Um, Isn't that really great? love that line? That oh, is, that's so that is good. a fantastic line. Um. So he's like trying to, he's trying to lie to himself and then he, he's not even sure of his own lie. I love that. It's a great, great line. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. I, uh, lyrically, I appreciate the song. So well, no, I should say I appreciate the song a lot more than I used to. I liked it enough already, but this exercise going through this album has made me appreciate these, these subtleties in the lyrics that you don't necessarily catch when you're listening to it. Um, but I do think that Dan is a pretty good at this stuff. His yeah. ability to insert those little nuances, um, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. All um, right, any additional thoughts about on sinking? Um, I think you no. see through my forever lies on that one. 
If I, I, I've yes. always, I always have. Always have, Grant. I <laughs> <laughs> um, just wanted to, to point out just wanted to point out the line really quick. Uh, treading water, I keep from sinking. Uh, I'm not one for reaching. And so uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, yes. the, the title of the track comes from that line. And, uh, and so we, we get, so the, the, the line sinking, again, it's not like a major word. It's not like the hook of, of the song, uh, but it, it makes you think of that line, treading water I keep from sinking. I'm not one for reaching. So he's trying to, more or less trying to, to survive by himself, not, not really wanting mm-hmm. to reach out for help. But again, we, we understand that, but you, but you see through micro realize, um, we kind of yeah. get this. It's, it still sets the stage that these tracks are not on the, they're not named on the nose. None of them are, I don't think, uh, at least not a lot of them. Um, yeah, I think you're right there. So I find that to be interesting. So it's just a comment. Oh, I wonder if that was just sort of like a artistic type of yeah. thing, you know, like oh, breaking yeah, the mold. Call this. Dude, we should just call it sinking, you know? It, like that. Yeah. I mean, if we were more cynical and maybe we are, <laughs> we'd think, Oh, they're just being really artsy, you know, maybe, but I maybe I'll let these guys do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, they, they're worth the songs. Yeah. <laughs> It's really big yeah, they wrote them. I guess. Uh, I guess we'll we'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, the first song I thought um, he kind of had a negative vibe about himself. Next one, he ain't fooling anybody. Third one, probably the most one of the more well known songs in their entire catalog. Yeah. If, you, if, if yeah. blood didn't exist, um, this then song. Yeah, yeah. This this is a pretty so? popular song. To the I I was reminded of kind of a just a really quick brief anecdote here. Um, years after I listened to this song, I was at a, a church retreat, kind of like a church camp, family camp thing yeah. for church. I've heard of those. And I think this was like yeah, I've heard of those things. You've been um, to a couple. <laughs> yes, um, uh, they're miserable, but they're fun. Um, some of them are fun. <laughs> so, yeah, but they're terrible. Fun. I hate them. But, but let's go. Ter- they're I great, the fun but I hate them. I love them, but I don't. Um, anyways, there's some we had a, we had a, about that. Anyway, yeah, we had some music time. Some some we were going to be together uh, in one of the rooms, big rooms, and we were going to sing together. And the band was on stage, and this was kind of in the beginning, or before we officially began or started. And the band was doing kind of like a sound check as they do. And one of the guitarists was just playing around, and he started playing this song on his guitar. And there must have been like 50 people in the room and we all started singing the lyrics to this song. And I was like, I mean, I knew the lyrics to this song and I was a huge Jars of Clay fan at this point anyway. But I was just like, just out of nowhere, this entire congregation started singing along to this song and we knew all the words. So I'm just, I think of that and like this song was big for them. This was mm. big. And this is probably one of the more positive songs they have ever written. One of the more yeah. Christian-y songs they've ever written. And he's not introspective yeah. here. He's not unworthy here. He's not conflicted. He's not negative, in my opinion. I mean, I'm one, I'm willing to be corrected here. but uh, So you yeah, think the song cool is more song. positive than Sad Clown? <laughs> 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 
See, I, I'm willing to be stand or willing to be corrected here. Uh, um, so, up until recently, this song was still being played in Chick Fil A's because uh, they had their music, which they stopped doing. I don't know if you've been in a Chick Fil A in the last couple of months, but they don't do the music anymore. Um, okay, but That's when true. they were when they were doing the, the CCM music, this is one of the songs that I listened to every single day for three years. Um, and I would always sing the words in my head because I knew them. I would have been yeah. in that crowd singing along. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That happened at a church. This is like a great campfire song. Like I, I can see, <laughs> yeah. I, I can picture what you're describing perfectly. Yeah. Like this is, this is great for some guy in a guitar leading a bunch of people yeah. all singing this around a campfire. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We, we totally sang this in youth group as a worship song. Oh, as a worship song. Okay. Well, as a right. worship song. Really? All right. Okay. All right. Yes. We didn't even sing in our youth group. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> I I would not lead the song as a worship song today, but yeah, we definitely not... sang this all the time in youth group. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it has some lines that would perhaps be appropriate for that setting, but, uh, but this is another one of those lyrically interesting songs. He's not mm-hmm. really saying this for himself. It's almost like these lines... It, so yeah, I, I think everyone listening to this your podcast probably is pretty familiar with this song as well. And I think I knew this at the time when this album came out. But he's kind of like telling a story of a girl, and he's yeah. kind of like singing evangelistically to this girl, and you know, kind of hoping for her to to fall in love with Jesus and 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 grow closer and trust. You know, the line "Someday she'll trust him." and learn how to see him. Someday he'll call her, and she will come running and fall in his arms, and the tears will fall down, and she'll pray. There's no irony in here. He's not being, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I think this is a really earnest song, and um, and I like that. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about a girl, someone else, yeah. but I think he believes this stuff too. That's the sense I get from this song. That's why I've always loved it. Um. But yeah, some really good lines in this one. Yeah, the uh, sitting yeah. silent wearing Sunday best. This sermon just echoes through the walls. A great salvation through it calls to the people who stare into nowhere and can't feel the chains on their souls. Um, it's a really sad line too, but... Well, um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of preaching a, a sermon here about this song, but you're right. That's a good call out. Uh, James, it's kind uh, of a, you're an not, anomaly. You're not ordained, sir. That's true. Stop in the I name not of Presbyterianism. I, uh, they will come running for me, and tears will fall down like rain. And I don't want to go to jail, uh, Mr. Presbyterian. When they take Presbyterian it, jail is the it, worst. A lot of inside jokes here, everybody. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to subject you to, to all of this. The last 148 episodes of the Lies yeah. Form of Flogging and for then context. Then you'll figure it out. You're right, Grant. This is... Um, I, yeah, I guess like this kind of got lost on me, but this is kind of like a little weird line. Maybe this is kind of a, a bit of a, a cynical line, but maybe not as, as it, you know, cause maybe this girl is this girl that he's singing to is in a situation where maybe her church is certainly not helping this journey of hers to fall more in love with Jesus. Maybe that's why this is in there. Um, and if that's the case, then maybe it's not necessarily a dig at the church, but it might just no, be I don't her, think particular, so. 
her particular situation maybe is unique, you know? Maybe this is her church. I almost think it talks to, uh, like, uh, reading that line, I'm picturing Isaiah, who's like commanded by God to go to a people who are going to not listen to him, not pay any attention to him, but he's got to preach to him anyway. Because it says, the sermon echoes through the walls, a great salvation through it calls to the people. But the people are just like dead. Staring into um, nowhere, right? Yeah. They can't even, yeah, can't even feel the chains on their souls, um, which is, uh, I don't know. Um, it almost feels like an Isaiah, Jeremiah type situation where they're just yeah. preaching because God told them to. And they're being faithful. And these people are just like completely unhearing. Uh, and I guess it's the singer's hope that one day they will come running. Um fall in his arms tears will fall down we'll pray yeah. um which i suppose is an altar call type situation but that's okay we can we can we can live with that we will allow it this one time <laughs> brian your thoughts I, on this one i love the last line uh, or the last verse it seems to too easy no four times? Seen, <laughs> the last first sorry it seems too easy to call you savior not close enough to call you god I, i've always loved that line in this in this song it's it's very personal um and and in some ways in reality it's easier to say god than to say savior because savior is where it becomes personal but god is kind of more like nebulous Mm -hmm. but like when you really sit Mm -hmm. down and analyze this this thing if when you're when you're saved it is so much easier to just be like oh yeah jesus he's he's my savior but then when you really think about, but he is the God of creation who is, who, you know, he, he created the, the daisies and the roses in no simple language. You know, he is, he is, I am. And when you really think about that, it's mind boggling. Um, and so uh, I, I've, I've always liked that last line, that last verse. Um as far as the last line that I want to fall in love with you, I'm not the biggest fan of that line, but the rest of the song. Um, is it to a sentence of Godish? It's to Jesus is my boyfriend. Um, ah, that's fair. But yeah. I, I, but what if it's like, about the girl? Then it's, it's okay. The, if it's the girl falling I mean, in love with her future husband, then that is fine. If it's the girl falling whole, in love with Jesus, future listening to yeah. this yeah i just I, I i've never liked the i don't want to say never me currently i don't ever like um the words falling in love as a worshipful line i, I think it's that is something that is romantic and uh, like definitively romantic and we do not engage in romantic love with god that's my only complaint well, and it and it sets it up as a feeling, and as we know from DC Talk, love is a verb. It is. <laughs> get down um, with the DC Talk. Yeah, get down. Are you down with the DC Talk? No. Um, you know the funny thing. That's the second love is a verb joke I've made this week. So, in it to win it, Grant, you're committed. <laughs> yeah, the, I might be showing my cards here, Ryan, because I've never bristled at that line. I think I know that I should. And I could, I could probably conjure it, but my Pentecostal background, I think, has shielded me from kind of 
you know, being bristled at this line and your That's comments funny. just kind of expose that. I'm like, man, I, I still haven't like, <laughs> still, have, I still have a lot of that in me, you know, <laughs> because in, um, I went to an assemblies of God church for a little bit and they're pretty, they're pretty out there. They're pretty wild. Yeah. And in, in that crowd, you know, the assemblies of God kind of Pentecostal music, that's kind of a, a genre of its own. None of it's popular. It's not on the radio, but this kind of language is all over the place in that. There were times where I listened to it and I'm like, okay, this is a little much. You know, this is a little <laughs> too far. You know, I don't think we, yeah. our place in the book of Song of Solomon is, you know, not this. You know, I, the, right. this, the, the, the romantic overtones did get weird for me. Um, so yeah, you bring up a decent point. That said, I still like this line. Yeah, that's fair. So there, okay. Well, well, what are you gonna uh, do about it? Huh? That's fine. My my listeners would have been very disappointed if I hadn't called it out. Is all I have to say. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably freaking some of them out. Why did you guys have me on? Um, um, okay, uh, well, well, Jim, you're our only listener besides Brad and and uh, Chris uh, uh, and Spencer and. We, I think we know all of our listeners by name. We pretty much know all of our listeners by name. That's, that's awesome. And if we don't know you by name, name, join our Slack channels. Yes. <laughs> so we can learn your names. <laughs> so we, we can, can learn your name. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, Like a Child is, is up next. Uh, Dear God, surround me as I speak. The bridges that I walk across are weak. And the frustrations fill the void that I can't solely bear. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, I've no. I didn't. Don't, sorry, I mean, I'm, I'm interrupting you, Grant, but I'm excited. No, um, I'm glad. I was just did. about to say, musically, the song is pretty happy. Like it's 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 moving along. There's tambourines. There's an accordion in there. I heard flutes in this in this song. Um, it's it, it's kind of a, a fast moving song, but that first verse is is setting an interesting tone. Um, but that was a weird contrast. It also has this weird, like, wee, wee in the background that has always sounded to me like anything, like a playground swing, you know, like a child. I always made that connection in my head. I don't know what it is. I think but, you might be right, because don't they have, like, in the middle of the song an actual kid the, in, yeah. saying some Did cute, they? you know, the, uh, I, I'm yes. yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's like, a, there's like a little girl that's that's speaking in it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a later track where a kid yells "Give it back," but that's a yeah, yeah. Nineties CCM was not boring, Um, and it involved all kinds of instruments, including playground equipment. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, very diverse. Um, But it does actually mention um, fairly directly a particular Bible verse about faith uh, that I Mm. that. They say that I can move the mountains and send them falling to the sea, walk on water if I would follow and believe with faith like a child. Um, this is almost the, uh, it is definitely not directly out of the Bible as is, but um, it, it is very referenced to those uh, verses, I would say, which is kind of interesting. I think this is the song they probably had that the most on. Yeah. Um, there's a line close to the end that I never picked up on something in particular until I was reading the lyrics today. 
that's that like the repeated chorus B at the end. They say that love can heal the broken. They say that hope can make it. You see, they say that faith can find a savior if you would follow and believe. It's uh, faith, hope, and love. Oh, I had never noticed, I never that. noticed that. That's great. That's cool. Isn't it great? I mean, we're like appreciating this music all again. <laughs> yeah. 20 I years mean, later or whatever. Oh, it's I just, a little bit I've, more than I've that. I've never appreciated lyrics properly. I wish I had earlier, you know. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that's really neat. I recommend to you guys and your audience that um, this song, and there's a couple of others that I actually musically prefer uh, from their Furthermore album. This was their um, oh. double mm-hmm. album where they did some studio yeah, stuff. Furthermore was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. They The live portion, they played this song. I actually prefer the live version on Furthermore to this. I like this, but it's a little yeah. cleaner. It's a little bit more rocking. Dan's voice is a little bit more like the Dan's the Dan voice that we all know. Mm-hmm. He's kind of subdued on this first album. He's not singing with that boyish quality that he now does. Yeah. But the the live version of Like a Child is just I think it's just tops. It's really really good. Um yeah, and the crowd is just for, singing like crazy along with them. The the furthermore album for those of you playing at home, um, if you want to get a good jump start into Jars of Clay, if you've never listened to them, if you're one of those eighteen to twenty four year olds that don't know who Jars of Clay is, uh, look up their furthermore album. They they went back into the studio and re recorded a lot of older songs, and then they did a live concert. Uh, I think there's only like one, maybe two songs that are on both of those albums, like the live and the studio, but really, really cool stuff. It's very folksy and it's a very different style than this, than this first album, but I was the a fan. only knock against it is that it came out a little too early because then they would have had dead man carry me on it. And that would have been a lot better, but I think they were, yeah. I think they were rebranding their style after, um, uh, who we are instead. They kind of oh, okay. went to that yeah. folksy and so that they wanted to redo some of their songs in that folksy style. And then, uh, and then good monsters came after that. It was a similar style, but that was, that's my, that was what Fair I was assumed. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a lot to appreciate in their older sound and, uh, like a child is a great example of it. Yeah. Um, and so is see the art in me, or I guess this is called art in me. Um, this, is very much a song like um, oh, Fingerprints of God by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Have you heard that one? I'm sure I have. Okay. I might You know, have. just kind of like you're unique, you know, you're special, uh, you, you know, you're uh, that kind of, kind of song. But it, it is a little bit maybe deeper than that um, in, in some ways. Uh, I mean, like the, the words are pretty poetic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Im- images on the sidewalk speak of dreams, descent washed away by the storms to graves of cynical lament, dirty canvases yeah. to call my own protest limericks carved by the old payphone. It's a pretty, uh, well-crafted line there or yeah. collection of lines. Wouldn't you say there, Grant? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fascinating. You don't see that in every, it's not cutesy is what I guess what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 
this uh, is uh, art of me. This song. I, um, go ahead, Brian. Uh, I was going to say, I I would be very surprised if they did not have Ephesians 2.10 on their minds when they were writing this song. Um, and that's the, for we are his masterpiece. We are his poemia, his his masterpiece. Um, and I, I would imagine that that was probably on their, on their minds when they're writing this. I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. Hmm. Well, um, I have to confess that I actually kind of hate this song. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But in all seriousness, this is, I don't really like this song that much. I've never really liked it at the time, and I still don't, but I'm going to say this. Um, I realized something about the song I had completely wrong before. At the time, when I first started hearing these guys, when he said the line, see the art in me, he says it, I think, I think he says it a couple of times. That's the, actually, it's actually the chorus. Yeah, okay. The yeah. last line of the chorus is, see the art in me. And for about 20 years, the 20 years I've been listening to this album, I thought he was saying, see the art in him, the, the singer, the art in him. And I've never been interested in that line. I, I don't really <laughs> care to see the art in this person. I just, I've never, I've never it just, it always made me bristle. When I, when I went through this song again, I realized now he's not asking you to see the art in him. This is Jesus talking here. Have you guys, did you guys notice that? And see the, the, the line on the first chorus, the last line. And yeah. you plead to everyone, see the art in me. I just now got, when I reviewed this, <laughs> Jesus is talking here. And... Does that change my opinion of the song? Not really, but I, it's, a, it's an important distinction now. Uh, yeah. It's an important change, you know. Um, so I, I appreciate that. He's asking the listeners to see the art in Christ, not us. And, you know, I, 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 think, I, get, I think I get the line. I think I get what he wants us to do. Um, but that being said, those are my, those are my thoughts. This is the least liked song probably in their entire catalog for me. Oh. Even more than sad really clown. Killing the party here. <laughs> What's that, Brian? Even more than sad clown. You keep bringing up sad clown. <laughs> <laughs> you really want me to admit. <laughs> By the time this podcast you... ends, I'm gonna have. <laughs> yeah. Sad Listeners, clown. There is a, there is a song called Sad Clown by, by there is. Yeah. It's on it If I Left about, the Zoo. And yeah. it is about a sad clown. So. Yeah. It's there. It exists. <laughs> it's not their least listened to song. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm actually, uh, I don't know. The uh, I, We were talking earlier about Love Song for a Savior being their number one song if Flood did not exist. I think that's true. Right. It has 4.8 million listens compared yeah, to yeah. on Spotify compared to Flood's 8.9 million. But right. nothing else comes close. Good, um, uh, good Monsters, Dead Man Care Me comes in at like 2.4 million, I want to say. Yeah, but that's going to be that's up there. like half of Love Song for a Savior's total. I totally overestimated or underestimated Love Song for a Savior, and I just wanted to apologize for yeah. that. I forgive you. It, yeah. Dead Thank Man Carry Music, good song. Love that one. Yeah, that's all I got to say about it, boys. Any uh, closing comments on that one before we move along? Yeah, well, I was just going to say I, I kind of agree with the Ephesians 2.10. I always thought it was like 
a way of saying, um, you know, the, the image of God, um, is yeah. the art in me. Um, I, I, I think that's what I always thought, but I, I see what you mean. Like I, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember how I re- would have thought of it back at age, you know, 16, 17, 18, yeah. whenever I was listening to this. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, Sad Clown is not the best song. Sorry, I just we keep bringing up Sad Clown. It's like, what one is that? Oh yeah, it kind of tied in with the elephant, I guess, and it was their circus one. But yeah, the cir- if if we're going with circus style albums, I stand by Newsboys as having the better circus. <laughs> take, album. Me to your, take me to your leader. No, who no, has no, the no. best circus album in Christian yeah. music? <laughs> <laughs> Now that's the obligatory album I want. I like obligatory worship albums, but I want the obligatory circus album circus from Rebecca St. James is what I want. Yeah. You know? Like I said, yeah. the 90s were the best of Christian music. Yeah, and is, uh, every complain. every everybody had a had a circus album. It was great. No, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> I stand Curtis by Stephen <laughs> yeah. Stephen Curtis Center Ring Chapman. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, um no, I stand by uh, Love Liberty Disco as the Newsboys. Okay. I was I was wondering if you're going to go with that one album. because because Take Me to Your Leader literally had a song about running away to the circus, and so that's why I thought you were... you're, you're right. Well, they had a bonus circus song, uh, yes. and that that is something you don't just get in any you know Christian yeah. music group of the 1990s. Uh, makes me appreciate them all the more. Anyway, all right, we were talking. We're we're an hour seventeen minutes into this, and we still have half the songs. Yeah, so we should probably get a get a book on it. Yeah. How do we segue into this next song? There's no easy way to segue into. (laughs) Well, we just got done talking about circuses, and now we're going to talk about this song. He, he. I don't know how to do this. All right. So remember how in the first track it started in a dark place, and then it kind of went to a cynical place, and it kind of went to a lovely place. And that we're 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 back we're we're back at the beginning maybe even a mm-hmm. little bit lower. This is a really dark song, uh, and not one of the a, most listened to on the album either. It's, probably not. It's down there. It's the third most, uh, third least listened to. But yeah, uh, this is probably the most in terms of jars of clay. In terms of their boldness, which became more pronounced in their later albums. You know when they, when they pretty much realized that the Christian community was not holding on to them as closely as they did before. They started writing about alcohol and substance abuse and things like that. This song, not necessarily a song you'd put on the Christian radio. You know, I no. mean, maybe. I mean, I'm sure there are songs that deal with these themes, but I mean, this song is on one of the more important Christian albums of all time, and it's about abuse of children. And yeah. Dan, the singer, is giving comfort to whoever it is he's writing to. And you know, I I have not looked up the song. I'm not even sure really anything has been published on it, or if he's even been asked questions about this song. I mean, maybe, but this is not a song you would expect on a Christian album, but. Jars of Clay, their brand is kind of like being honest, and I'm pleased to see that they started right off on their first album to go here. But I, I mean, we're we're talking about how this is, you know, this is obviously a dark theme, but there's hope in this song. 
especially at the end, a lot of hope. And, um, you know, uh, if I were in a situation like this, this song would give me comfort, you know. Um, I mean, just the, the first line, guys, of this song is, don't try to reach me, I'm already dead. I mean, that's how it starts. Yeah. Um, yeah, some tough lines in this. Pretty tough. Yeah, Daddy, don't you love me? Then why do you hit me? Mama, don't you love me? Then why do you hurt me? Uh, yeah. You know, fearful tears are running down the pain you've laid. Don't speak a sound. Don't take my heart away from me. And they think I fell down again. It's a. It's really, really raw. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a line in here that's it's. Um, for for lack of better terms, this, this is a kind of a musical lyrical term. Uh, there's there's a line in here that's vulgar, meaning everyday language. Um, mm. He said, "Well, I try to make you proud, but for crying out loud, just give me a chance to hide away." Uh, it's that. Uh, yeah. It's it's not poetic. It's it's everyday language in in the song, yeah. and uh, so it kind of breaks away from that poetry and just it's like just, just give me a break. Just let me go. Just let me be yeah. honest. Um, very honest, very raw. Uh, yeah, this this song you don't, is you don't seem to have to interpret this song. You don't have to find a, a code or um, this line is the best example. You, you don't really have. There's not a lot of interpretation in this song. It's pretty straightforward, yeah. and you, that's a great example to bring up, Brian. I didn't really think about it that way. And I guess now I'm trying to think of all the other times in songs that I've heard, you know, these types of honest, vulgar expressions. Um, but it seems apt here. Um, yeah. Then, yeah, when it comes to the end, where it's he loves you, he sees you, he knows you, he protects you, he needs you, he holds you. Just this, these, these truths about God, these truths about, about Jesus and, and how he is, he will always be there for you and, he will never abuse you and he will, he will be there for you to protect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how they sang this. Um, I mean, obviously we're talking about the lyrics and they're, and they're powerful, but musically how they express that, that line, they're, re- and they're actually repeating it. I think they repeat it like mm-hmm. three times oh, yeah. that he loves yeah. you. He sees you. And they're doing like kind of like an answer and call thing. Maybe in the gospel um, choir, we do this. And yeah. Just keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, keep, keep it going. going, keep it going. Yeah, it's like they're vamping on it, and um, yeah. it was very, it's like a, it was like a soothing effect, and and Hazeltine's voice is already there. He has that quality about him, um, but it was a great way to end the song, because if mm. we just had the first um, couple verses, and that was it, yeah, it'd be tough, you know, especially with the, the line you cited, you know, "Daddy, don't you love me? Then why do you hit me?" I mean, it just. Uh, I mean, that just that just wrecks you, you know. Um, yeah. So it was. I think it was very responsible for them to put to end the song the way they did. Uh, you know, it's a song that can really serve people, um, and yeah, it's a testament to their um, to their abilities. You know, and and musically it works. It, it actually, side note, the opening guitar line. I think it's like a guitar melody. Uh, you know more about this than I do, Brian. It's actually one of my favorite guitar openers of any of their songs. 
it's just a really cool guitar melody line that they go through versus just strict rhythm. Yeah. And it's actually really cool. Uh, musically, I like this song as well, not just lyrically. Okay. Let's move along, um, maybe to yeah, Boy on the String. Yeah. yeah, Boy on the String. Was, yeah. Um, and it, uh, well, it's about a boy on a string, uh, perhaps a little bit like Pinocchio. Is yes, this um, probably Brian, exactly Brian? like Pinocchio. Is that, I've never noticed this. I never thought about it. I mean, I like mm-hmm. the song. It has really cool violin in it. But yeah. is this song about Pinocchio? Is that what it is? Well. I think I it's know. it's a, using Pinocchio as a metaphor. I mean, metaphor. it definitely has Geppetto in it. But it's, okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't I think guess, it's on yeah. the nose. A better way of saying it. Is this song really just relying heavily on Pinocchio? <laughs> that's a better yeah, that's way, a, that's yeah, a better way I, to I ask. Feel, I feel a sadness like Geppetto watching the life he created run away, seeing the puppeteer's intrusion, holding the remains of puppet that's rotted away. So um, then what is he getting at? If he's using Pinocchio and using I, I'll Geppetto, be honest, I never understood this song. Okay, I, I, I still don't. I really liked this song. Well, okay, so this one's I your. There's a big. This hint. one's your art in me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a big hint in the beginning where they just start out laughing. <laughs> four, yeah, four. I love that part. I've always yeah. loved that. But like, but musically, Brian, this uh, song. I, I mean, dropped my pick. Dropped my pick. Yeah. But like, I thought this the song musically I like. I mean, just how the song flows. Yeah. The violin is a cool, is a cool, is a cool thing, as a cool way of. Uh, a cool expression in the song I liked. Yeah, and and I, and I like the instruments, but then it's like just a boy, just a boy, just a boy, just a boy, just a boy. Just okay, a boy. yeah, okay, you're right. Okay. Point to you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That is kind of a dumb repetition. <laughs> yeah, I just I never understood the song, and it's just like ah, just skip it. You just go to flood. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're so close to flood, and the temptation <laughs> is just to press next. You know what, and pretty much everyone does. Um, yeah, this I is want the second to in art in me. Song. <laughs> yeah, when I'm in art in me, I'm like, I just have to click a couple times just to get the flood, but I usually stop at E. But yeah, um, but yeah, uh, and and you know what, we should just we should just go ahead and get the flood because that's what that's the money. That's right what there. everyone's waiting on. That's what everyone's waiting on. Everyone's. If you like boy yeah. on a string, please write in and let yeah. us know why. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And if you like art in me, just stop. I mean, just... <laughs> but no, but no. So this is the this is the song. Everyone, obviously, everyone knows this one. And uh, everyone and, comes and for by the flood. The, yes. Another song where I prefer the live version from Furthermore. It's just really I like. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's just a, I want to make a comment on the recording. This was obviously it's their first album, but as a consequence, they did not have a lot of money, and only yeah. this song and one other one, Liquid, were actually professionally produced by a guy from King Crimson, Crimson, Crimson. Crimson I think it's a progressive rock band or something. So, like this song, Flood, and the other one were professionally produced. But overall, I mean, it's not a very like powerful sounding album. Um, it was recorded a while ago, and Jars of Clay self-produced all the other songs so i think that's one of the reasons why when i hear it on furthermore i mean just just the recording equipment i think is better 
more power is captured and it doesn't get any better than on flood i mean it's just they're just rocking out on this live track and it just it's so cool um especially on the interludes where it's just it's just rhythm guitar bass drums and they're just pounding away four measures it sounds so cool on the live version i highly recommend it but that being said this studio version is the one that you know made him sell three million copies so this one's pretty obviously it's good too so well there you have it i mean our advice to you dear listener is not to listen to the album we're reviewing but go ahead and instead listen to furthermore Oh, I'm about to do it on the next song, so get ready. <laughs> do it again. But I'm yeah, really going to so, meet it on Worlds Apart. Yeah, so people people come for the flood, but they stay for the Worlds Apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Indeed. So, so I don't re- I don't think I remember this being so deep in the album. Like, I, cause this is this is like the song on the album. I don't think I remember it being track eight. Just hmm. from growing up. Do you, did you just listen to like one song, like and just put repeat? <laughs> no, I, I would listen to the whole thing, but I, I just it, I don't have that that memory. I, I think I was, I think that I was uh, spoiled by Newsboys, who puts their title track on this on the second track on every yeah. freaking one of their albums, everyone yeah. without every fail track two, except for going public because Shine was number two. Yeah, which was. To which be was honest, their probably which was, the real, <laughs> which was the real song on that album. Yeah. Anyway, flood, flood. Here Bring we are. We finally arrived. Track eight has stopped. Raining for days. days. Bro, this is the part. This is the part in the show where we're, all three of us are just going to sing the, <laughs> the harmonies. Brian's going to get his guitar out. So um, high that I, I cannot <laughs> fall if the Got it. I've got it right this there. Song, this, yeah, this song is a great opportunity to mention. Um, their backing vocals are pretty darn good. I think their lead guitarist—I can't remember his name—does a lot of the backup singing, or is like the main hearable voice. Whenever you like the the, the keyboardist, uh, I think his name is Charlie. The rhythm guitarist and. Steven, I think his name is. They're all singing. So they have really great. Right, yeah. And um, and this song is a great example because when they're on the chorus, you don't really hear Dan's voice just kind of gets drowned out by the high note, which I think is being sung by the lead guitarist. It's so distinct. And because he has actually a really good voice. And on some of these songs, um, uh, Boy on a String, actually, I think there is a famous backing vocal from mm-hmm. the lead guitarist on that, which is actually really cool. Um, yeah, that one. And he sings that really, really well. He has such a good voice. And I've always appreciated that about Jars of Clay. They have really good backing vocals. And this song is no exception. On the chorus, they're just, they're just wailing away. But I also appreciate this song because you can pretty much hear every lyric. Because we all know yeah. there's some songs where we can't really hear or, you know, pull out the lyrics you have to actually get a lyric sheet i think it's pretty clear like non-christians could probably sing this song or tell you the lyrics because if they've heard it many times i mean it's not that you have to be christian to hear lyrics but my point is (laughs) 
Anyone who listens to this, why did I say that? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I'll, you, I'll let you that guys is, handle it and follow up. That is a take. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is a take. That is something you just said. That's how I would describe <laughs> what you said. It came from you. You said that, and I did not let it be known. Your vocal cords uh, vibrated in such a way. Yeah, and, and your lips what came formed. out horrifies me. Uh, but I guess the point I'm trying to make, but did not artfully make by the art in me. Um, <laughs> Lyrically speaking, this is just such an approachable song, yeah. um, and it's it's some really cool lyrics. It's I guess it's not really a happy song. The guy is talking using the flood metaphor to talk about what's going on in his life. And obviously, that's something that everyone can relate to. Well, they weren't locked into the happy clappy worship music uh, genre yet at that not time. at the time. It was the nineties. Yeah, and. If, if you want proof that people do know this song, you can listen to Furthermore, where he stops singing at the can't feel, feel my feet touching the ground and you can hear everyone else singing yeah. the line. Um, so they're just throwing that at in, in the ring there for you. Um, so one of the things I think I remember about this is they produced two separate music videos for this, one for the Christians and hmm. one for the non-Christians. I didn't know um, that. Was the non-Christian version the yellow, like it was yellow instead of blue? I I don't remember. I mean, but the music video, I remember, I've, I've seen both of them because I, I remember I went to a centrifuge camp where it's a camp where a bunch of Christians go to study about God and the Bible and music videos. And um, that's what I did was I took the music video class and I remember them talking about there's two. Hmm. And I think that the one that was on MTV was like they're in like this small room and like the water is just continually rising. Uh, but then yeah. like the Christian one was like really, really super lame, like out in the open with like rain. Of them. course and it, it was. was. <laughs> and it was like, why didn't they just make the cool one? And show the it to effort everyone? we put into making our media as horrible as possible will boggle my mind forever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Another topic for another day, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just make the uh, cool stuff. So everyone everyone should know this song. If you've never heard the song, pause this podcast like five minutes ago and go listen to it. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the violin is classic. Yeah. Violin is classic in it. In fact, in the Furthermore album, like the beginning of the album it plays the violin from this, like the beginning of the yeah. concert was the violin from this. And then it went into a completely different song. I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but it went to a completely different song. And then when it came back to this one later, they, they brought the, the violins back. Uh, I was like that. If it's not a ballad, how many Christian albums out there have like violin arrangements in most of their songs? <laughs> if it's not like, you know, you're, your ballad hit uh, that has some violin arrangements because, you know, you're trying to sound like meatloaf or something. Um, and uh, that also ages me. Um, how many albums do that? I've always appreciated that about this, this album. Most of the songs have violin flourishes, sometimes all out arrangements by like a quartet, which I think yeah. is playing in this song. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it was. I love it. I've always liked strings and with rock and roll. I've always thought it was classy. 
I'm just always a fan of the violin because I play violin sometimes. Well, that's true. But uh, oh yeah, there's there's violin in our in our theme song for the show. You've already heard it. There is. There is. Yeah. At Balmcast.com. So there, there, there's Brian at com. Brav Galadriel. Oh wait, no, that's not the title of your. I, I got that wrong. <laughs> Little inside joke there, folks. I forgot about that. A joke that goes way back. <laughs> um, it's a great joke. It's a great I'm gonna, joke. yeah, it's a, it's a great joke. It's uh, it really works. Works every time I use it. You will understand <laughs> as soon as you listen to our back catalog and the back catalog of uh, lightest form of flogging, as already mentioned previously on this episode. Yes, yes. listen to both. But Brian so, is learning Flood from his acoustic guitar. And then there's Grant, yes. 16 years old, rocking out with his violin <laughs> on Flood. <laughs> I, I just love it. I wished I could play that well. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I remember thinking that, like, man, that'd be, that'd be rad. Um, because it was, you know, the 90s and we'd said things like rad. Anyway, oh, this yeah. song did. Yeah. And my wife would be saddened if I didn't mention Yo-Yo. Because that's what I said way too often. And my wife met me in those tender years. So, um, <laughs> And she stayed with you. And she stayed with me. Walking around with a violin yo, yo. saying, yo, yo. See the art in me. See the art in me, bro. See the art in me. <laughs> <sighs> it's true. She's put up with a lot. Uh, yeah, Flood did peak at number 37 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it's like one of the most uh, successful uh, Christian label songs to uh, make it out in the mainstream, uh, along with probably Switchfoot, I'm sure. Did Switchfoot have... And Butterfly Kisses. And Butterfly <laughs> How in the world? Brian, I hated that. There has never been a moment where I've liked that song. That, never. that album, that album sold... Bob was, was the Bob Carlisle with, with Butterfly Kisses, that album sold more albums than any other band that year, including Spice Girls. What? Oh my goodness. I, I, I read that yesterday. Uncle, oh my, my uncle, word. who was a Jehovah's Witness elder, was at his daughter's wedding, and he and her daughter, her daughter, his daughter, he's gone through some changes. No, um, his daughter... <laughs> Haven't we da- all? The dad daughter dance. Haven't we all? The dad daughter dance at weddings you sometimes see. They dance yeah. to this song. Of I mean, course. It's, I mean, and that doesn't surprise them me and at all. Seven hundred million other brides and their fathers. Yeah. yeah. That oh year. my word. That it's year. like they were. Yeah. It's like they were soaring on the wings of selfish pride. Is that a line from that song? No. No, it's a line from our song. Okay. <laughs> I really didn't place in. that. <laughs> Man, but in our defense, you brought you. us here, Brian. Trying to bring it back. I'm looking this up. Next, epi- next episode, the Bowman Gilead guys will be reviewing oh, Butterfly please Kisses. Don't <laughs> no, no, yeah, please don't sing it, Brian. <laughs> Bad memories. It, like that, it was on the top 40 radio station, uh, Christian radio station that we always listen to, and it was just like, ugh. This one again. It's like Christmas shoes. It's the same genre of sappy, feel-good sort of, anyway, whatever. But this song is not sappy, feel-good. This song is (laughs) rockin' and rollin'. So, yeah. It is rockin' I mean, it still holds up. It still holds up. I mean, there are songs that, from my youth, that, you know, I might have liked at the time. And 
am not so much into anymore. This is not one of those songs. I still I still like hearing it. It still works for me. Yep. And then uh, after Flood, we have Worlds Apart, which we would also of sing course. this song in youth group all the time. Um, this one might this fit song, more than the other one, Brian. Um, yeah. Probably. Or but fit better. I used, to have this, I used to have this entire song, every word memorized. And there's a lot of words in this song. This is not yeah. a traditional A, B, chorus, C, chorus. Yeah. It's not. This is, it, this is interesting. It's kind of stream of consciousness. So were you able to play it, Brian, too? So you can um, just sit down with the guitar and go through it? No. No, I wasn't. No? Oh, okay. Good. Well, you, you are. You are. This was the I first song I learned on time. trumpet. <laughs> okay, thank you, Grant, for laughing. This is... <laughs> <laughs> the value I bring to this show is recognized by Grant. Um, well, we weren't we weren't sure if you were telling a joke or if the view this is serious, so we laughed. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, in all seriousness, um, this is actually to this day my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Christian really, it is, Worlds it apart? is my Worlds Apart is my favorite song, and that's saying a lot because I liked Freebird. Yeah. I like Freebird a lot. And this um, is more important to me than Freebird. Oh that's yeah. Amazing. I mean that's amazing. I mean that that's high praise yeah. right there. This is Have better than really it sounds like it smells like teen spirit? Maybe not. I sounds like teen spirit. I never got into like Nirvana. <laughs> that's I, well neither did I. But um uh apparently one of Jars of Clay's earliest acts was playing oh, you're Rudolph right. the Red Nosed Reindeer. To the tune of to, smells like teen yeah, I I don't know if I want to hear that. Maybe I do. I, I kind of do. Maybe I don't. <laughs> I kinda, okay, it'll ruin it for you. Maybe. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I read that while going through this, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't have a compulsion to see. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if a recording exists of it or not. But that'd be kind of weird. I hope it does. Uh, <laughs> and also, just to follow up, not only was. Um, Butterfly Kisses number one on U.S. Adult Contemporary Billboard in the USA. It was also number one in Canada, and it reached the top forty um, in Billboard, number thirteen in the U.S., number fifteen in the Netherlands, okay. and uh, I, I don't think it cracked in. Oh, oh wait, year end chart. Like, why was that song so popular? I mean, anyway. It's a lot of little white flowers. Yeah. Gross. So, right. so let's Worlds actually Park, do this though, review of Worlds song. Apart. Yes. Sorry, I had to <laughs> Brian's in. like, can we so, do this now? He's like, I need <laughs> to tie this off. We're an hour and 42 Please. into this episode. We need to. No. <laughs> um, so there's a song on Good Monsters that reminds me a lot of this song uh, called Oh My God, which is mm-hmm. possibly my second favorite Jars of Clay song. But Worlds Apart is my favorite Jars of Clay song. I, I wouldn't go as far as say it's my favorite favorite song. Definitely my favorite Jars of Clay song. I'll take it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. We're back to the unworthiness. Did you guys kind of see that? Yeah, I, There's a I lot am of the only one to blame for this. Yes. Yeah. And I and I will, even though this is my favorite song, I think the unworthiness um, theme gets a touch too much here. You know? Um, yeah. 
but I get I think I get the writer's mindset here and this is why um, this song I don't use this song for this reason anymore but when I first became a Christian is when I first heard this song and I was just learning my way through everything and this was my repentance song okay so every time I you know sinned egregiously uh, a, a besetting sin versus you know I said something I shouldn't have I mean maybe that that could rise to the occasion but this would I would listen to this song if I was just racked with guilt or if I was just so conscious of my sin and I would feel compelled to just sit and listen to worlds apart and it was like my repentance song you know it, I would use it to try and reorient because um, to some degree I I resonate with what the writer is trying to say here. I have felt these feelings. The kind of this is the kind of person that needs to read Romans eight. You know, they feel condemnation and they feel guilt, and on the sinful side, they want to be the one to sacrifice versus Christ. And that the writer asks that question: Can I be the one to sacrifice? Why did you have to die for me? And I think the writer knows that he is in no position to be the sacrifice. Christ is, and he accepts that fully. But this just this writer just seems to be done with the world, and done with sin, and done with it all, and just wants to go home, you know. Um, and that's how that's how I have interpreted the song. I think I still read it that way. Um, but again, I will put in another plug. The studio version is great. But I will put in another plug for the live version from Furthermore. It's a little longer. They add in some stuff. But this is not a, just a, a Beatles-ish, you know, verse one chorus, verse two chorus tag ending. This is kind of a, this is an arrangement type song that goes yeah. through a lot of highs and lows. And the, from, the, from the Furthermore album, this is just amazing. Ama- I listened to it twice uh, when I was going through it because I just had to hear it again. I listened to the studio version and then the furthermore version. And man, it, this song brought me back to some, to some lows in my life. Um, but yeah, it's still to this day, my favorite song on the planet. It's awesome. So, uh, so the, the structure of the song, it's kind of in two parts. The first part is somewhat of a normal structured song, though the verses aren't like the same length. Uh, so there's verse one, uh, let's see, verse one, kind of a pre-chorus, verse two, another pre-chorus, and then it gets to the chorus. Um, and then we get another kind of verse, verse, chorus type deal. But then when it breaks into that part B like this, yeah. it's, it is just more of like just line after line after line after line. And it just gets intense. It gets yeah. really intense the more it goes. And the music builds and it just, and it just laying down truth after truth. You know, I, more and more I need to know. I owe you more each passing hour battle between grace and pride. I gave up not so long ago. So steal my heart and take the pain. Wash my feet and cleanse my pride. Take the selfish, take the weak, and all the things I cannot hide. And it just goes on and on and on. And then, like, this kind of chorus is going on and kind of in the background. Um, 
and it, and it gets louder and louder, this take my worlds apart, uh, this to love you, take my worlds apart, to need you, I'm on my knees, I'm broken mm-hmm. on my knees, and this is going on in the background. And it just when it gets to the climax of the song, I mean, how long, How what is the, the playtime on this song? Like, what's the runtime? I think it's uh, seven over minutes? Five minutes. Six or, uh, over five minutes? Over five minutes? Five minutes, 18 seconds on the studio version, but on Jim's okay, favorite okay. version, it's, it's 10. 10 minutes and 52 yeah. seconds, like 11 minutes yeah. long. And it's still one of the most listened to songs on that album. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Its and it, Musically, the how they interpret the tone of the lyrics mm-hmm. is one of the best things they've ever done. Yeah, we call this because you're right, Brian, here. this, this yeah. part B is kind of a, it's, you know, to the extent that the, the song isn't fast, but it's kind of like a driving mantra, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, what he's doing here, but he's like, he's like building. He's yeah. Yeah. And he's just building to this climax of take my world apart. Um, Cause he's just tired. I think. Yeah. I think I've always interpreted this song as the, the writer is just tired of sin and tired of all of the trouble he has gone through, whether self-inflicted or not. Um, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, but that's the, that's the, this is like something I would say to God, yeah. When I really wanted and, uh, to be with Him and didn't want to be here anymore, you know. Yeah, there's this line: "Did you really have to die for me? All I am, for all you are, because what I need and what I believe are worlds apart." And that best is like line of the sh- one of the most best powerful line. line. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, right before the chorus that goes into the the part B. But yeah, it's that is the best line what i need i don't know if he intended it but it was was like a great exchange feel in there all i am for all you are just a double imputation kind of feel i don't think he meant it that way but i think it's kind of cool yeah and then by the time that this song is over you're just you're just tired and you just hit stop on the CD player because you're emotional. Yeah, you spent. forget that Blind is the next you song. Forget that there's, <laughs> you forget that there's another, you forget that there's one more song Which on the is album. the least listened to uh, song on it the album. It should be listened to Spotify. more. I've always it liked It should be listened Blind. to more. It should. It's short, except for the fact that it's long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, kind that's of long. something that Spotify gets wrong. Is Spotify says this is a 10-track album. All true fans know this is eleven tracks. Yeah, yeah. Technically, you could say twelve tracks. Yeah, if you count the if the conversation with the, the band, <laughs> like the like, there's like this. They kept the record button going, and then there's was, all sorts of like band practice after my the friends. The four, that was seven. all. Well, there's four seven, which is the official secret track, and then after four seven, there's the band rehearsal yeah yeah but that's all part of the same track yeah it like is if, if you put your cd in the player it will oh, say yeah, there's only there are track 11 10. tracks this track this album goes to 11 no it goes to 10 i broke it out onto her notes as, as 11 wouldn't it be 10 yeah i think brian's right yeah it's it's blind and then four seven is the secret track behind blind yeah where and are then my CDs yeah. because I could swear that you put that you put the CD in like I'm not 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 on Spotify not on like Apple right. Music or whatever but 
you you stick that CD in there, and it will there will be eleven. We we can we can save that discussion for a for follow up, and you can tell me that I'm right then. But uh, at least Brian's it's not the Benjamin. Yeah, at least it's not. There's a CD by a band called the Benjamin Gate that they had a secret yeah. track, but you had to like scroll through like 97 blank 13 second tracks to get to it, yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. Some like of them that. do that. Why did they do that? Why I don't know. The secret track phenomenon was great. The OC Supertones, we were talking about them. I, I, It was either them or Insiders. I can't remember which. Had a secret track. And so you're getting all excited because hmm. you put it, on, put it on and then you start listening and it's this blank space until at the very end of like 10 minutes of blank space that this goes click and then it's done. <laughs> um, Reliant K was really good. Reliant K was always had a secret track on theirs. Um, yeah. Who's that? Do my silly shoes. I don't remember. Um, so blind. I remember. Yeah, blind. <laughs> blind. It's just an hour and fifty-two what minutes. Can we, so. What can you say about blind? I will say two things. It's written to an unbeliever, and it has a very dreamlike quality to it. It's mm-hmm. there's a lot of reverb on his voice. There, there is. It sounds like it's being sung in a big church, and uh, and. As such, this is when I listened to this album going to sleep. I would, in high school, I would put a bunch of discs in my disc five disc CD player, and I'd listen to a lot of them. And I would usually fall asleep on this song. And one time, I fell asleep to it and woke up with like these strange voices in my ear of you know these people talking about violins, and I was like sleeping and awake at the same time. It was the oddest thing I've ever experienced, you know, uh, listening to music. And the, I, it almost felt like a dream. I was listening to these people talk about, and folks, it's just, it's just basically they recorded a rehearsal and put it on the disc. Um, I slept through the, the, the extra track. Um, but yeah, so anyways, all that to say, I actually like Blind. I think it's an underrated song. It's very straightforward. Lyrics are very easily interpretable, but uh, has a real dreamlike quality to it. I think it's cool. Yeah. And yeah, I would I would agree with all that. Cynical gesture way. Yeah. Uh, four seven. I, I'm assuming that it has. I, I didn't. I didn't do my homework. I I, I almost Googled. Uh, I, I assume that that's the chapter and verse of where the jars of clay. It, it is, is Second what, Corinthians yeah. four seven. Yeah, which every time I read that passage, I'm like jars of clay. Jars of clay. Oh yeah, Yeah, we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that this power is from God and not from us, and that's it. That's that's the song. Yeah, that's the song. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I was wrong oh, earlier. Oh, yeah. That is their most direct scriptural reference right there. Not yeah. the other one that I was mentioning earlier. Yeah. 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 And that is the album. It is. We did it. Yeah. We did. Good stuff. With five minutes to I spare like going 30 minutes over. Yep. So before we forget, I'm going to go ahead and sign off and say, oh. okay. And say, uh, well, first, thank you again, Jim, for coming. Yes, we, it's, no been, it's been a blast. Definitely need to need to have more throwback episodes. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yes, um, this was great. And I do plan. 
I do plan on keeping the entire conversation as the after the credits uh, blooper reel, just long really? of us talking. Yes, I do plan on doing that. That's uh, awesome because it's going to cool. be hilarious. And could, uh, could you please like put? You don't have to, but could you please like put like a reverb on it or something? To kind I will of, try, I, I, or just an idea, even like to, a to mimic instrument. <laughs> I'll some violin. Whatever yeah, you do, so just do something looping silly. Instrument in the background. Oh my word! Yes, it'll work. It'll Make work. It I'll, I'll 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 try to figure something out, but I do want to get this out by Tuesday, and so I'll do whatever I can between now and then. Good luck. Um, good luck, indeed. So, uh, without further ado, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. There is a bomb in the to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in the to heal the sin sick soul. To never feel discouraged. Jesus is your listening to the Balm and Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balm and Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. Not bad. I think we did all right with our time. Uh, Good luck editing this, baby. (laughs) I'm just uh, just going to be on. Yeah, just put it on. Sports and all. Can can, can (laughs) we just record, you know, maybe some of us just chit-chatting? Um yeah, have a good five hour long, five hour long episode. It's just like we're done, we're done, and now we're just reverb on it. Just yeah, we. You could pull out your trumpet, maybe Jim, and play a little bit of. You can get your violin, and I'll get my guitar, and and then and then we'll wake all of our families up because that's Grant and I are. Stars of Clay cover band. Yeah, you guys are. It's you got to wake up in about twenty minutes to go to church. It's only eight thirty nine <laughs> for me, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. <laughs> we'll get my son down here. He's picked up the ukulele. Like he is, he's getting pretty good on it too. Um, he knows like four or five chords, and he's uh, practicing them a lot, and uh, that's kind of exciting. Yeah. You know? Get him started on Art and Me, and he'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Son, I've got to rewrite this one, but yeah, here you go. Yeah, do this again. Uh, well, that was fun, boys. 
Thank you for doing that. Thank you, audience, for listening to us, for bearing with us, for bearing with me. And my style is a little... (laughs) My style is a little uh, haphazard. Vulgar. It's vulgar. Very vulgar, vulgar, very haphazard. I say things that don't make sense, but that's my brand. And thank you all for bearing with (laughs) us and and listening to me. Thanks for coming to Jim's TED Talk. Yes. No, Jim... Honestly, we love having you on. You are a breath of um, of of fresher of air. air. Yeah, you're a breath of, of humid air. air. On this I podcast. am a breath of humid air. <laughs> Some South Texas, Houston air. Yes. <laughs> well, we enjoy it every time you're on, and uh, hope to have you on a couple of more times. Um, you know, for sure. Yeah, I'll be retired. Your schedule you allows, have... and uh, you'll be retired. You yeah, from podcasting. So. Um, we'll, we'll be looking to you kind of as our, our, our man in the North, um, to maybe come in and, mm. uh, tell us a thing yes. or two about, uh, what's going on. Yeah. We'll we'll just, uh, we'll review audio adrenaline albums. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. Well, it, is, it is a big house. Oh, it dear. is a big lots house. Lots of room. Big, big Kings house, and yeah. Queens and, uh, and apostate lead singers. Kings and <laughs> Queens. Well, not, that's not a Kings and Queens is not a legitimate audio adrenaline song. It isn't, but it's I actually kind of like the song. It isn't. Audio Adrenaline's not a nah, it's Kevin Max. legitimate album. Back when he was their lead singer for a, an album. Was it even really? more than Five one minutes. album? I forgot about that. It was just one album, but like around two years. So he did a lot of, he did a whole tour with them. Um, yeah. And it didn't work out for obvious reasons. For anyone. But hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how could you do that? You know, I mean, you can't really step in and take a though i think there was actually you know this i don't know why we're talking about this you guys probably really want to go but that album was i th- no the kings and queens as i think was their most popular single oh my from word even, it has 10.4 million listens yeah. that's more than flood that's two million more than flood yeah so that's probably like for audio adrenaline fans that's probably like like just a slap in the face you know it's like oh, yeah he comes i in. think so he comes in. This one song. What's does his like, I'm not Max an audio A fan. What is the story behind Kings and Queens? It's not. Well, well it's lead, uh, Kevin it's Max. Oh, it's Kevin Max. <laughs> yeah, he's the lead singer on that. He album. made them great. He made them great. So, so the lead singer of Audio Adrenaline was losing his voice, and his doctor said, "If you want to speak to your grandchildren, you have to quit." Wow. Yeah. Eesh, that's hard. You could hear it too. Uh, Early on in their career, his voice sounds normal, but as the albums progress, it just gets scratchier and scratchier and weaker and weaker to the point where he can't, he just couldn't sing. Like they would have live concerts and his voice would, because his, literally his vocal cords seize if too much, I think it's air that goes through. I mean, that's essentially what makes a vocal cord work. But like if too much activity was happening, they, they would seize and you could just hear it in his voice. So he just literally Oof. couldn't sing anymore. Poor guy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's terrible. Um, yeah, I, I I just always remember Audio Adrenaline as the worst band <laughs> to ever come touring at our fair college. They were just very oh rude to all our white staff, like our catering <gasps> people. Yeah, those I know. Guys. Jars of Clay, they were the good. They were they were great. I'm I'm pretty sure. I gotta ask Lindsay. It was one of them that like bought our kids our kids you know we're like a year older than them but they're kids um yeah. but uh Lindsay and i were both 
catering managers at the cafeteria. And so, um, you know, when the bands come through, we would do a lot of that kind of stuff, like set up for them and whatnot. Um, And yeah, Auto Adrenaline was, they were not great, but I think it was Jars of Clay that like bought them pizza and played basketball (laughs) with them. And yeah, I I can't remember if it was, it might've been, oh man, I gotta, I gotta ask again who it was. Grant confirmed. Jars of Clay, not jerks. Despite all yeah, that you've heard, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that is true. Uh, At least that one time. Yeah, that one time. But their experience was. I so don't know. Bad. I don't know otherwise. But that's what it was. They went to that thing and then they fell away. <laughs> it was the experience <laughs> drove them away from Christendom. I'm, well, I'm I would joking be surprised. around. Folks. Northwestern does plenty of that, so uh, yeah. <laughs> not to throw them under the bus too much, but. It was a fine college, I suppose, but I had a degree and I do have a job that pays me money. So um, I don't really can't complain. 